One, two, three, four. Screen time! Screen time! Screen time! Screen time! It's my screen time too! Welcome to It's My Screen Time 2, the podcast where two moms, (laughs) I can't even come up with a pithy tagline this week, a podcast where two moms contemplate when bad television happens to good people. (laughs) I'm Katie. I'm Deborah. And I have one son. His name is Jay. He is almost 22 months old. And I have three kids, a seven-year-old and four-year-old twins. Anything cute happened this week, Katie? (laughs) Well, my cute story is actually directly related to our last podcast in that we made our own little Masham opening video and Deborah got to keep the video, but I got to keep the Masham and you know who got that when I got home. It was definitely Jay and he is obsessed with it. Yay. He like takes it everywhere and when he goes into a room and he realizes he doesn't have it, he'll be like, Where's Chase? Where's Chase? It's so Aww. cute slash disturbing. <laughs> and it's like the size of a quarter, so So it's always getting lost. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> what about you? Well, my cute kid moments are just funny things they said last night when Tony, my seven year old, was going to bed. He said, out of the blue, do you think my eyelid hairs are getting long? And he has a great vocabulary. So I was like, do you mean eyelashes? And he said, yeah. I think, yeah. Eyelashes. And acted like he'd never heard that word before in his life. It was bizarre. That's hilarious. But I guess, like, it's a pretty specific word. (laughs) How often does it come up in conversation? Not often. (laughs) Um, And then Libby, one of my four-year-olds, she has some funny ones. And the other night when we were getting ready for bed, I was like, Nathan, what are you doing? And that's her twin brother. And she said, oh, he's fossiling his teeth. I love Libby's. They're so cute. That's right up there with Africot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So should we move on to uh, the main topic? Sounds good. Today, we are talking about Creative Galaxy, and we have taken some listener criticism to heart, so instead of reading the summary off of Amazon's website, I am just going to summarize by my own little self. So, Creative Galaxy is an Amazon original show, and it is about Artie, a little green alien who lives with his parents and floating alien friend Epiphany in the creative galaxy the creative galaxy is made up of Artie's home planet and a bunch of other planets devoted to specific art media or locations i couldn't really come up with a good way of phrasing that so there's a museum planet and a painting planet and a paper planet etc etc Artie solves problems he encounters using art as i said it's an amazon original show there have been two seasons so far And I was curious to see who was responsible for it uh, because I hated it so hard. So the creator (laughs) is Angela Santomero. No offense, Angela, um, who I guess got her start on Blue's Clues, which I obviously didn't have kids when Blue's Clues was a thing, but it was very popular, as I recall. Um, So why did we pick it? 
we felt like we should give Amazon original programming a chance because we've done cable channels, we tried PBS, and we watch most of our shows via Amazon Prime, so we're always seeing them come up. So the past two episodes, we did a movie, and then we did those weird YouTube videos, so we thought we needed to get back to television for at least one episode. So that's what we picked. We watched the pilot, season one, episode one, which was called Artie's Masterpiece and a Home for Bunny. We watched season one, episode 13, which was called Baby George's First Christmas and Christmas Memories. And we watched season two, episode three, which was called Artie's Aquarium, Annie's Contraption. It's not strictly necessary, but I guess we'll start by going through the episodes one by one and then move on to our general thoughts. Deborah, do you want to give just a quick summary of the pilot episode? Sure. So the pilot episode, Artie's Masterpiece, introduces Artie and his family. So he has this little fairy-like friend named Epiphany. He's got a mom who's an architect who goes by architect mom. Maybe that's just in my notes. <laughs> she, he has a baby sister named Georgia and it starts out, they go to the library that Artie's mom has designed because she's an architect and he encounters a problem that's not really a problem because nobody wants to stay and read at the library because the walls are too boring. So he goes to the museum planet to get inspiration for art to put on the library walls. And he paints a pointillism mural that makes people want to stay at the library. And then sort of in the style of like a Curious George show at the very end of each episode, there's like real life kids making real art. So at the end of that one, they were making some pom-pom painting art. And A Home for Bunny follows the same for format. He goes to the Builder Planet to make a house for his bunny. And then we see some real kids making houses out of various craft materials. Okay, so Deborah, obviously the first question has to be, did you hate this as much as I did? Maybe not quite as much as you did, but I didn't think it was great. I, it was so bad. And usually I feel like I'm a champion of Amazon shows because they're so crappy at promoting them that I want to think they're good and proselytize about them to everyone like you do with Alpha Dogs. <laughs> Alpha House. Alpha House. Oh, damn it. <laughs> but yeah, if this is what their children's programming is like, that's a real gap in their uh, in their roster, I would say. But maybe it's just harder because the younger the kids that a show is made for, the harder it is for an adult to watch, maybe? Yeah, it felt derivative also. Too derivative. Like, I didn't really get hooked in by Artie. I didn't... Some shows, like, they're kind of dumb, but you still like the main character or any character. <laughs> Agreed. But... I just thought it was pretty vanilla. Yeah, vanilla is the most charitable way to criticize it, I think. I don't know. It was kind of a dumb pro I thought all the problems were dumb. Like, well, so what people don't, don't want to stay at the library. I don't know. We're a couple of unemployed librarians. <laughs> if people just come in and check out a bunch of books 
and raise your circulation stats and leave without making a mess. Is that such a big deal? Well, the second one actually really got to me, the home for Bunny. You cannot solve homelessness with art. It felt like it's like if we put some stickers on a house, it doesn't need windows. Right. I don't know. This is bumming me out. On a lighter note, Artie's dad is a total hipster. He baby wears and he has like really thick framed hipster glasses. I thought that was pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah, I thought the same thing in that episode. Baby George's first Christmas. Oh, did I? I, Was I skipping ahead? Sorry. No, that's okay. We can move on. Yeah, well, the last thing I have to say about this specific episode is the very first one where he goes to the art planet to learn about pointillism. I thought for a moment that every episode was going to be like Artie learning about a different artistic style. And I thought that could have been cool. But no, that was the only one. And it just seemed so random. Like that was their pilot episode. And he learned about something so specific. And then they never really addressed anything like that again. Yeah, and it was a Syrah painting. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, admittedly, I always thought that particular painting was a Monet, so I did learn something (laughs) in the episode. And can you help me out? There is a movie from, like, my childhood, so 80s, where there's a girl in a museum staring at that painting, and it might even be Ferris Bueller. It might even be one of the Ferris Bueller movies. Oh, is it? Well, there definitely is that scene in the Chicago Museum of Art, but I don't, or the Chicago Art Institute, but I don't think that painting is there, or maybe it is. Do a, do some Googling, listeners. Yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, should we, let's quickly move on to the second episode we watched, if that's okay. Okay. All right, so the second episode we watched was season one, episode 13. It was the season finale. So another Christmas episode, which Google's random number generator has tended to steer us towards quite a few Christmas episodes so far, it feels like. So uh, Georgia's first Christmas, Artie is um, trying to make Christmas special for his baby sister, Georgia, and he builds a snowman outside with his dad and... When they have to go outside because it's too co- when they have to go inside because it's too cold, baby Georgia cries because she has to leave the snowman. So Artie decides that he is going to build her or make her a present of a permanent snowman, essentially. So he builds a clay snowman in a jar and makes it into a snow globe, which I actually thought was a really cool craft. And then the second episode, Christmas memories. Uh, Artie's friends come over and they have some fun sledding and drinking cocoa and Artie gets sad when the day is going to be over so he learns how to make a scrapbook and then the craft is let's see the real kids made uh, one made a photo book and the other made a photo ornament in the shape of a cookie cutter so I had the opposite reaction to you the Baby George's first Christmas stressed me out at the first mention of glitter. Oh, no. Because <laughs> Artie got sparkle glitter from the Creative Galaxy, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, hate glitter. I guess we should mention that in each episode, Artie... So Artie flies in his little spaceship to a different planet 
to get the material he needs for his art project. And as he's flying through the creative galaxy, he sees common arts and crafts supplies floating by him that he then beams into his spaceship. So that's where the glitter came from. Yeah, and when the real kids were making the snow globes, I was like, no, no, are you going to use real water and real glitter? And then they did. (laughs) And then the little girl was like, I'm going to put electrical tape on the lid so the water doesn't spill out. And I was like, that's not going to keep it in. (laughs) And they were like real glass jars. Like the children are like eight to ten years old. Yeah, they're old for this demonstrating crafts that that's not the target audience the target audience is like preschool so these are completely unattainable this is like i buy like real simple magazine Uh and look at what pictures of what my house is never gonna look like (laughs) and like cleaning projects i'm never gonna undertake (laughs) So you don't think your preschoolers would just like file that away as a craft that they would want to wait and do when they were 10? No. (laughs) So I don't think they'll be watching that particular episode. Yeah, I guess I wasn't really thinking through the practical applications since Jay's craft doing days are still a little ahead of him. I mean, we have dot paints, so theoretically, if he wanted to try pointillism, he could. But I'm just happy <laughs> when he gets the dot on the paper. That's right. Yeah. Season two, episode three. So we watched Artie's Aquarium and Annie's Contraption were the parts of that episode. And Artie's Aquarium was a weird one it started out he was making sandwich art like he made a sandwich shaped like a fish with carrots and cream cheese and blueberries carrots and blueberries one blueberry like (laughs) who makes a carrot sandwich that looks terrible were they cooked or raw carrot slices how could you eat like raw carrot slices on a piece of bread I digress. That's right. You could do like kiwi slices or something. There are plenty of fruits that lend themselves to scale-like slices. That was all to introduce the fact that architect mom was taking Artie and his friends to the aquarium. But then the aquarium was closed. kind of reveling in architect mom's misfortune here Deborah. <laughs> architect mom seemed really too put together and perfect so I kind of resented her from the beginning and then I was like oh yeah I got you architect mom <laughs> museums are closed on like Mondays yeah. <laughs> so she shifts gears pretty quickly and the kids are all flexible and so they go to the museum planet instead and then architect mom is like here you go into this room I'm gonna go look at some paintings see ya and so they learn the word installation because there's a jungle installation and then they decide that they're gonna make an aquarium installation since they couldn't actually go to the aquarium and then the kids at the end they make a space installation to decorate one of their bedrooms like the lot the real kids 
see this one much like you with the snowman craft this was the one that struck me as being really parent intensive because essentially like the kids just made a couple of styrofoam planets and then like the parent came in and hung everything up and put black crepe over the walls and you know it it looks like a really really parent involved activity oh and when they're in the art the museum they meet somebody named galleria and she was played by cloris leachman academy award winner cloris leachman wow that's awesome yeah <laughs> slash oh cloris leachman you must have fallen on hard times if you're doing creative galaxy i i i know i didn't get it but and then in annie's contraption the next part of the episode Artie's over at his friend Annie's house, and they're playing block bowling. Uh, Annie hurts her ankle, and she has to rest on the couch, so she can't play bowling anymore. So Artie builds a contraption so that she can continue bowling from the couch. And they learned what a Rube Goldberg machine was, which I thought was really cool. I didn't catch that part. I admit I... I was losing interest by the end. Oh, yeah. I'm impressed. Because did you make it through all three of them in one night? No. Okay. No. I couldn't. I was going to, but then I couldn't do it. Yeah, because I barely made it through two in one night, and then I had to save the last one. And so I only just watched it earlier this afternoon. So it's very fresh in my mind. But on the whole, guys, the show is really bad. Should we move on to our general thoughts? Well, just another casting, because we haven't really addressed the fact that Samantha B plays Architect Mom. Yes, this is my first note under General Thoughts, and it's all in caps, and it says, The Mom's Voice is Samantha B with eight question marks, because, Samantha B, you are a funny lady, and I'd like to think I respect your choices, but what are you doing here? I know, she was such a black character, and... I had that in all caps also. <laughs> <laughs> Do you watch her uh, her late night show? I admit I have never watched it. I think I've watched one clip on YouTube, although I did listen to the Fresh Air interview with her and her producer. Uh, did they do one around the uh, election time? Is that? I, I heard it recently. It might have been a rerun. Okay. I tried to start watching it during the election because everyone was saying how good it was and it just it stressed me out <laughs> so I couldn't do it I couldn't have one more voice in my ear and her voice was so mad at me so oh yeah I, just, I had to turn back to NPR <laughs> I liked her back on uh, the D John Stewart show oh, yeah such a weird choice do you think because I was I was looking into the production to see if maybe she was involved as a producer, and that's why. Uh, but not that I could find. Yeah, how does Hollywood work? <laughs> I know. When does she do this? How much? Because she, I don't know. Do they pay a lot of money for voicing Architect Mom? have to think not because it seems like this is not where Amazon's yeah that's that's what I said where Amazon's original programming budget is going it's not going to this show <laughs> <Okay. clears throat> so 
maybe she just feels really passionately about it, which then makes me question her judgment, which then makes me question how much I respect her as a human being. Thumbs down, Samantha B. Yeah, sorry, lady. So the other thing they do in the show that reminded me of another show we've watched is they do the fourth wall breaking to talk to the audience, like bubble guppies, um, but way worse. Well, see, that makes sense because that the creator is from Blue's Clues because Blue's Clues did that a lot. Yeah. And would address the audience, a very young audience, and leave, like, a lot of fill-in time <laughs> for a kid to talk back to the TV or whatever. So that, I'm guessing, is where it comes from. At the beginning of every episode, when Artie was making his first craft from his idea box... He would always show you the craft, uh, the elements that he was going to use. And then he would say, can you guess what I'm going to make? And it was never clear. No. <laughs> like, I'm thinking particularly of that sandwich art. But in most other instances, it was not clear. He would be like, I have some paper cut into triangles and some cotton balls. Can you guess what I'm going to make? No, Artie, you could be making literally anything. <laughs> I did think, though, that the best parts of every episode were the intense kids' art projects. And they reminded me of adult instructional TV, like HGTV or the Food Network. But, you know, like old school Food Network back when they acted like you were actually going to cook the things they were making. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Which is weird because I really like both of those things and I hated this. Oh, you didn't even like, like the kids making the actual. No, no, no. Yeah, I. That was the only part I did like. You're right. So I guess if we cut everything about the cartoon part of the episode out and only had kids making crafts, that'd be fine, I guess. I mean, I would never seek it out or watch it again under any circumstances, but I would have less vitriol for it. Right. <laughs> yeah, I didn't enjoy the craft part because I, I was not really just watching for my own enjoyment at that point. I was thinking like my kids can never watch this because then they're going to want to make these projects and it never turns out the way you think it's going to turn out. Like this is pro process art. So you, it's more all about following the steps. It's not really about being creative on your own. Yeah, it gives a very specific set of instructions. Yeah. That's a thing. Process art. I didn't realize that art projects fell into different categories. Well, for kids, I guess they do according to a bit of a lecture I heard one time in a parenting class. And this artist slash art teacher was pretty critical of the type of art that kids are expected to do in school where they're supposed to say cut out three white circles and paste them in a certain order and draw on them in a certain way and voila you have a snowman okay she as a more of an arty art teacher right she wanted kids advocated to be expressing for, like, themselves yeah, just giving the kid the materials, and if they just want to cut up white paper, mm -hmm. and they don't want to glue it on anything, just let them do it. 
Well, then what do you hang in the hallway? Right. I mean, there is a place in her world for process art, but she didn't want to call it art. Because kids do need to learn how to follow directions and how to cut and stuff, but it's not really letting Yeah, my mom was big into art projects growing up, but it was mostly just like, here's a big piece of construction paper and some paint. (laughs) Ta-da! I like that. I like that. (laughs) Oh, uh, have you ever seen my parents' basement? Wait, I don't know if I've ever been in the basement. I don't think so. It is still covered with all of our childhood artwork. And I'm pretty sure that my sisters have had a meeting on this subject and decided that my childhood art is by far the worst. (laughs) (laughs) It definitely resembles real things the least. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Maybe that's why, maybe that's why I hate the show so much. Like I just, (laughs) I feel like as a child, I would be terrible at all those crafts. Well, I feel like as a parent, I'm terrible at giving my kids adequate materials. Like, I glitter has no place in my home. Because you don't want to clean it up. No. I think that's understandable. Yeah. We do. We have had glitter glue, which is kind of fun. But then I'm, like, all stressed the whole time they're using it. Yeah, you kind of got to have a zen attitude that I don't often have myself. Like, we have little dot paints, and even then, I'm like, oh my god, just one false move, and there will be dot paints all over the wall. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So what would make this show better? Like, maybe there were just too many people on the committee. Maybe. That came up with the show. Too many writers in the writer's room. Deborah's making a really sad face right now. <laughs> it seems like it had some potential, but it was just not very bad. I, there was nothing in this show that was ever funny. Yeah, you're right. You're Intentionally right. funny. I thought it was funny when the mom took her to the aquarium that was closed, <laughs> but that wasn't supposed to be funny. <laughs> Which is, I guess, another reason why I found it so weird that Samantha B was involved. Yeah, humorless. The problems weren't, I, they were not Wonder, Love, Wonder Pets level problems. No, That's no. for sure. Nothing was remotely serious. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine a, uh, a gritty adult version of this? I can't. So if you can, I give you credit. <laughs> Maybe like a reality show. I'm thinking like along the lines of like Teen Mom or something. <laughs> but with no problems. Like it's <laughs> like a family Just getting out. ready. Yeah. <laughs> Having breakfast. Yeah, that sounds super bad. But so Going is this. to work. You're yeah. Right. <laughs> Making out their grocery list. The closest thing I could come up with was, what if Breaking Bad, but, like, with actual instructions about how to make the meth? Like, what if it was, like, step-by-step Walter White and Jesse Pinkman, like, taking you through the process? I would watch that. (laughs) 
I really like it when kids shows do the uh, real kids segment mm-hmm. because I love tie-ins that connect the pop culture I'm experiencing with my real life. And I have ever since I was a, a little kid, like I definitely owned the uh, the Laurel Ingle, Laura Ingalls Wilder cookbook. Oh, yeah. And um, but I love it when I can take something I'm watching and like feel like I'm experiencing a little bit of it in real life. There used to be this. Um, back in the days before streaming video. If you can cast your mind back that far, there was this thing on TBS where they would play a movie and have like this comedy team sort of commenting on the movie during the commercials. And they would also cook a meal that was like thematically. Oh, tied I remember to that. Movie. I loved that. Was it called like dinner and a movie? Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> I wish I had remembered that. It would have made a lot more sense. But maybe that was the adult version of this, except, you know, way better because you got to watch actually good movies. Oh, I'm so glad you loved that, too. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, I don't know that I have that much more to say about this, except, and this is going to make you give me a funny look, so just gird yourself. So when Artie sees something that inspires him, the little antenna on his head perks up and it lights up and he says, that lights me up. Did that seem at all phallic to you? I did not even notice that. But yes, that sounds super phallic. (laughs) Yeah, because it was it would just sit there like droopy throughout the throughout the whole episode (laughs) until he saw something that quote unquote lights him up and then it would go bing and light up. Yeah. I guess that was the only remotely funny thing that I saw, but it also kind of grossed me out for a kid's show. I that don't know. Gross. Yeah. Would you ever watch this alone voluntarily? No. <laughs> Would you? No. God, no. And it makes me hesitate to watch any of the other kids programming on Amazon, even though I want to give them a break, but, oh, man. Yeah. So would you have your kids watch it? I mean, your kid, would you have Jay watch it? Like I said, he's not uh, really in the, he can't follow instructions to do arts and crafts that well yet. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't think I would. I feel like there are probably way better examples of this format. Yeah, there's so many shows that I don't think this is terrible for kids, but there's so much better programming than this. And when I went to watch it, like, my kids have Amazon Prime Video on an iPad, and mm-hmm. so I don't always know exactly what they're watching. And when I went to watch it, it said continue watching. <laughs> so somebody, some child of mine, had watched, like, three minutes of the pilot and, like, passed. <laughs> you raised him right, Deborah. <laughs> yeah. So ratings? I mean, I guess I can give it one star for the presence of Samantha B and the hipster baby-wearing father. Because I guess I can rate it higher than the Masham package opening videos. Like, that's my gold standard for zero stars. Okay, so this is... I might give it a two. See? And then, 
because I rated things like Wonder Pets two stars or something. Now I feel super bad for Wonder Pets, but I don't feel bad for giving Creative Galaxy one star. Yeah, don't feel bad. We're just uh, getting better at this. We're learning. <laughs> oh, please. I like to think so. All right. Any other thoughts? I don't think so. Thanks for listening to this episode of It's My Screen Time 2. Please rate and review us on iTunes. Are we supposed to call it Apple Podcasts now? I don't know. I heard another podcast call it that. But Apple hasn't gotten in touch with us. I guess we're not their highest priority. Huh. <laughs> Tweet us with show or movie suggestions or general comments at, at my screen time too. And you can email us at myscreentime2 at gmail.com. And tune in next time for more real talk about the movies and TV beloved by kids and tolerated by parents. Bye. Bye.